you have that Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 through 14, I'm not going to read that to you again. I already have. But isn't that kind of an amazing passage of Scripture? Uh, it, it just goes so in conjunction with where we've been this last year, don't you think? I think it's a very appropriate passage for us. And there'll be some that walk away from here today and say, wow, the whole, the whole giving time and the message sounded like one big offering appeal to me. But that's not what I'm trying to do. What I am trying to do here is to encourage us and to encourage myself because I'm a part of this with you. But this is a passage of scripture that tells us to finish strong. And so many of you have been a part of this uh, Reach Be the Difference campaign this last year. Some of you maybe have come within that time and maybe you've not been able to be a part of that. But so many of us have. And for those of us that have been really involved in this, this has been a very intentional thing that we have sacrificed uh, for over this past year. It's been giving above and beyond our tithes, but it has resulted in that awning that you were able to drive in and, in and through this morning to keep from getting wet. And the facilities over there in Building C having been completely remodeled upstairs and down. And that has happened due to the fact that that the Lord impressed us a year ago to get together and to give above our tithes in the form of an in-house campaign where that our goal was to raise $225,000 so that we would not have to borrow any money and have any interest on that money. And it is an amazing thing. I'm, we're learning over and over as a board and as a staff that when we obey the Lord, you know, when we feel like he's stretching us and when we just pull up the tent stakes and we stretch them out further for his, for his glory... Not for ours. I mean, I'm not getting up here saying, give me a raise or give me a new car or give me a new house. That, I don't think that's what he's going to bless. But whenever I get up here and I say, we got to reach further. We got we to go. We got to dig deeper because we got to reach further because we really believe in the cause that we're in. We really believe that God wants to save people. And we need facilities and we need ministries and we need uh, staff and all these things to do those things. So every time we pull up the tent stakes and we stretch them further, we have found that God never ceases to amaze us. Two years ago, our board met together when it came time to put together the budget for, for not this year, but the last. And we knew, you know, we've been watching this for several years. We had an idea about how things usually happen, natural growth and numbers and money and all those kinds of things. But when we put that budget together, we went way out in faith, guys. I mean, we stretched it like, seemed like 8% above the year before, which you would say, well, that don't sound like much. Well, it's a lot when you're, when, when you're talking about a million dollars or something, that's a lot of money. And so we stretched, when we stretched those tent stakes, man, we were walking in faith. The board was meeting every month and we were coming together. Was, we were just being amazed because every month we're, the money's coming in and we're meeting these budgets and we're doing these things. Now, don't get bored. I know some of you are like, I don't care about that. Tell me about the word. But hang on with me a minute. So we walked through that for a whole year. And at the end of the year, we, we presented to, to the church the annual business meeting the financial report that stated that God had met the needs 8% above one year before. It was an incredible thing. So if the easy thing would have been for us then as a board and staff to just sit back and say, wow, that's great. You know, let's not tempt the Lord our God. But we said, no, we got to keep going and we're doing it again this year. And here we, we've stretched it out like that again. And here we are four months in and our board's going to find out this afternoon that we are, that we are above budget where we projected we would be we're all we're beyond that already in these first few four months you say well why is that a big deal 
Why should I care about that? Well, because when that happens, the church grows, the Lord is glorified, God is blessed, he is seen in that, and you receive the benefit of having been a part of it, plus God blesses you in every area of your life because of your obedience. And so this little campaign that we did in-house, we didn't spend any money really to do it. I mean, it just came out of what came in. And yet we're able to do these two projects. We raised over over $225,000 above that budget that we just talked about. That's above that. And in that, we've been able to do the remodeling, plus we've done the awning, Plus, we didn't even use money from the campaign, and we were able to remodel building C, the stairs on, out, on the outside. That was money that, just came, that wasn't even a part of the campaign. It's just an amazing, amazing thing to see the way that God blesses, breaks, and multiplies what we put in his hands. And so here we are now. We're, we're just one month from being finished with the Reach Be the Difference campaign. Now, Reach in itself will, will continue on. I mean, we're going to go on. We'll continue reaching. We're going to reach further. We're going to reach more. We're going to reach all kinds of ways. We're always going to reach because that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to reach the world. But this campaign, as we know it, is going to end. And I just wanted to remind you that that, that four weeks from now, it's basically going to be over. And there'll be some people at that point that, that still will say, well, Pastor, I haven't been able to do all what I wanted to do yet. Well, we'll you know, nobody's going to turn away. If you decide you want to continue, nobody's going to keep you from it. Amen. You go ahead and finish strong. But, but where we're at at this point is the majority of you that have entered into this thing intentionally, you have, at this point, you have given 75 to 80% of the money that you said you were going to give. You've already done it. And you're only one month away. Now, I'm talking about me. That's where I'm at. Deb and I are only one month away from being able to fulfill the commitment that, that we took on. Uh, some of you, it's amazing, some of you have already finished and, and, and I saw a report the other day where some of you had given maybe 200%. You went way beyond because I guess you, you gave what you were going to give. The Lord kept blessing you, just kept on doing it. And you've given way, way, way beyond what you intended to do. That says to me that if you're doing that, there must be a reason. I don't think it's a church full of dummies. I think it's a church full of folks who are saying, this is good. I'm going to keep doing this. This is working. And I just wanted to commend you. And I think it's okay every once in a while to slow down, talk about where we're at, share a little vision, talk about where we're going, give you an opportunity to know what's going on and to show you from Scripture that what you're doing is scriptural. It's okay every once in a while to talk about things like these in this kind of a setting because we are stewards of the kingdom of God. We're doing what God has commissioned us to do. So this is an appropriate passage for us. And I wanted to take a moment today just to thank all of you for being a part of this journey with us. You've been obedient. You've trusted the Lord. And now you're finishing strong and, uh, and you're blessed for it. You know, Deb and I are, are, are just counting the ways that the Lord has blessed us this, this last year. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You know, we talked a few months ago about going through a storm and the storm isn't over. I don't know about y'all, but the storm for us isn't. We've been in a storm for a couple of years in our house, in our personal lives, due to all the different things that are going I mean, it's crazy the way the Lord's coming. Here I am, you know, I've been a picture of health all these years, and I'm feel, I still am strong and healthy. But in the last couple of years, I've had gout twice, shingles twice. It's crazy. 
you know, that's just in the, that's just in the realm of the physical. Then there's been the, the financial. Then there's been the, there's been relations. There's all kinds of things. There's deaths in the family. All, everything you could think of the devil could try to do to get me to quit, he's tried. And all he's done is make me mad. All he's done is make me more resolute, more determined than I've ever been in my life, more focused on, I mean, Deb told me the other day, she said, wow, she said, doing this whole thing, all you do is, you, she said, you just keep on plowing. She said, all you do is just keep thinking, that's all I do. I live for the vision that God has given me for your life. And I know that you're doing the same. So when I talk to you, I know that across this room, man, there are people in this church, lots of people in this church, you right in the middle of the biggest storm of your life, right in the middle of the biggest struggles of your life. But in the midst of all those hardships that are going on, yet there is a peace and a joy that God has given you that you can't explain and a blessing. There's this side of it because you're a part of something. You've been obedient to the Lord. And in spite of what the devil's trying to do, he's doing everything he can to wreak havoc in in your life, destroy your finances, destroy your home. He's trying everything he can to mess up your job. And in spite of all that, here you are on this side of it and you're still standing. Your head is still above water. You're still blessed. Your bills are paid. And God is still the Lord of your life. And I'm encouraging us today to remember that it's almost celebration time. Almost just a few more weeks. Then we're going to cross the finish line and feel that tape break on this particular chapter of our lives. So this message is true for me. It's true for you. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into those verses. He starts by reminding them of what they'd been committed to. He said a year ago, you were the first ones to give. And then he proceeds to remind them of how they had been doing so. Verse number 10 shows us the first thing he reminded them of. He reminds them, he said, you gave out of choice. You weren't forced. You won't, you weren't coerced. You weren't manipulated. And I thought, you know, that's the same way we've done it. There may be some that would say, no, you manipulated us. But I did not. I, I've told you from the beginning. You don't want to do this. Don't. And don't give a dime more than what God tells you to. I've never manipulated you one moment. Anybody that feels manipulated is because you started with a bad attitude to begin with. It didn't happen because of me. Anybody that did this with a good attitude still having fun. They're still rejoicing. They're still excited. So we gave out a choice. We saw a need and we responded to that need. We, we'd been motivated and excited by the opportunity to participate in a giving opportunity. And, and I've witnessed us doing that same thing. It's been a fun adventure. God, God has allowed us to be a part of the Great Commission. There's some people who say, well, I, I, you know, I just don't see that. I, you know, this whole thing that you've done this time has been about buildings. How has that got anything to do anything with the Great Commission? I've actually heard some people that, 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 that left our church, not now, but, but during another campaign, that left our church when we were building this building because they, they didn't like the idea that we were talking about money. Jesus talked about money more than anything else. You know why? Because he knew it's what people didn't want to hear more than anything else. It was one of the gods that they were holding on to so tight more than anything else. It was their idol. So he talked about it all the time. We're not afraid to talk about the resources that God has granted in order to build and battle for his kingdom. We're not afraid to talk about it. We're doing what we're doing out of choice, not out of coercion. And if those people that say, well, I just think that, you know, that we ought to just come to church and people ought to just be good with it. It's good enough. We heard that one as well. Back when we started this, we heard some people say, you know, every, the youth facility is good enough. 
We hadn't even touched it in 13. We had kids that were in the youth facility that weren't even born when we built that building. We hadn't touched it since. And there were people saying, it's good enough. But it wasn't good enough. And you say, well, why does that matter? If people want to get saved, they ought to just come to church and get saved. Well, they won't. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all want to go to a restaurant where while you're eating, rats are running across the floor? How many of y'all go to movie theaters where the seats are all broken down and the, and the screen is blurry and the sound doesn't work? You get on your phone and you say, just went to the movie, man, that was a great experience. No, you're like, that place stunk. I'm never going back there again. We have a different mentality in the church world. It's like, I don't want to spend my money at church. I, I, I expect the theater to look right. I expect the grocery store to be clean. I expect the restaurant to be right. But the church, man, it's just the church. People should just go down there. They got burnt orange carpet. They ought to get used to it. If they got mauve-colored pews, they ought to just be happy. I venture in saying that there are more people, and whether it's right or wrong, I venture in saying that there's more people today sitting on seats like this in churches across America than there are people sitting on mauve-colored pews. They did in 93 because it was pretty cool in 93 when we had our chicken wallpaper border up around. Pastor, we're talking about reaching souls. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about reaching souls. I'll tell you something. I love our youth group. They're a great youth group and they like hanging around together and they always have, but they're doing it more so now than they were before. Why? Because we gave them a space to do it. How many of y'all like the lobby over there? Pretty cool. The big screen. I came in last Wednesday night. I was standing around with some of y'all watching that. It's amazing. It looks a lot better than it used to. It's a lot different over there than it used to be. There's a reason why you've sacrificed the way you've sacrificed. You didn't do it because you had to. You did it because you wanted to. You did it because you knew that it was going to make a difference in somebody's life. I, you know, I was reminded of, of, of a fellow who, who made a statement. He was one of those guys that everything that the church wanted to do, he was always against it, never wanted to participate, always thought it was a waste, always thought it was stupid. And so he's one of those guys that he used to say, you know, I'd do something if I could, but I can't. If I had extra money, preacher, then I'd give some of it to God. But I need every penny I've got. If I, if I had extra time, then I would work for the Lord. But I don't. Every minute I've got is taken up with my job and my kids and my, my hobbies. And, and if I had talent, I'd give that to God too. But I can't sing and I have no special skills. I can't lead a group. Don't think on my feet the way that some of these leaders do. I, 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 just, I just can't. And so God heard this man and he was touched by this man's plea. And so he gave him money and he gave him time and he gave him talent. And then he waited. And then God waited and he waited and he waited and the man didn't do anything with any of them. So finally God shrugged his shoulders and he took back the money and the time and the talent. And then the man said, man, I wish God would give me back that money 
and that time and that talent. Because if he did, I'd use them for him. And then God said, oh, shut up. And then the man said to his friends, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. It'll preach, won't it? You've heard him, haven't you? I'm so thankful, though, that we're finishing strong. That what we do, we don't do because we do it out of grudge or because we're angry or upset. But we're doing it because we want to, because we see a need and this is a way we can feel it. The second thing Paul said, you gave out of commitment. Look at verse 11. He said, you put your money where your mouth was. It was important and you were diligent about making it a priority. You know, I, I love David Livingston, the missionary. I heard a really neat or read a really neat story about him the other day. There was a particular missionary society that wrote to the missionary and they asked him this question. Have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to know how to send other men to join you. Livingston wrote back. If you have men who will only come if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want the men who will come if there's no road at all. If serving Jesus was easy, everybody would do it. It's a commitment when God says to you, if you're going to be mine, then you got to give me your all. It's a commitment when Jesus says, if you would be my disciple, then you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. That's not a party there, folks. That's a lifelong commitment of sacrifice and giving with a cheerful heart. And not just money, but of giving your time and your talent, of giving of your life, of giving of your all. Because there's an individual who realizes the reason I'm on this planet is so that I could come to know Jesus. And then after I knew Jesus, so I could spend the rest of my life making sure everybody else does. So my priorities change for that. Let me ask you all a question. How many people in this room, now don't just raise your hand, I want you to just think about this. How many people in this room believe heaven, as told about in Revelation, is real? You believe it's real? How many people in this room believe hell, as spoken about in the Bible, as a place where the fire doesn't go out? The worm doesn't die, but it continually eats on these individuals. Where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. How many of you believe that that's a literal place that exists? Now, how many of you think that the Bible is true? Well, the Bible says that anybody that doesn't come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior is going to go to hell. How many of you all believe that? then our whole life is about seeing to it that nobody goes there. And if that requires new carpet that's going to burn, that was paid for by money in my pocket that was going to burn, then that is not a sacrifice. For God has given me the ability to enjoy these things till he burns them up. 
But I'm not living my life for this. I'm not fighting to gain these things. I'm laying up treasure in heaven where the rust can't corrupt and the moth can't destroy. I'm laying up in heaven things and crowns which I'm going to lay at his feet. I want crowns to give to Jesus. This is not about me. The sacrifices that he calls us to, the commitment that he calls us to, it's not too great. Folks, we're blessed. We know the truth and the truth has set us free. We're on our way to heaven. This is a good life, no matter how bad it is down here, because of the blessed hope that we have. There's a lot of people, literally billions of people on this planet right now that don't have that hope. And whatever we got to do, this year it's about facilities. Next year it may be about outreach. The year after that it might be about missions. Whatever it takes, get with it. Stay with it. Be excited about it. Understand what it's all about. We believe, therefore we do. And that is why we're committed in number three. Verses 12 through 14. He said, you gave out a sacrifice. Some of you have had to sweat this out. Sometimes the bills were real tight, weren't they? I'll just be truthful with y'all. There's been times over this last year where when I wrote out all the bills, I looked to see when the next paycheck was, Jerry, and I would stack some of those bills in the top shelf and hold on to them until about three days before they were due to make sure that they wouldn't be late but to hope that maybe there'd be another check that come before. Why? I haven't missed one month of being able to do my pledge. I've juggled. I've kept the balls in the air, guys. But I haven't missed one month. And I'm one month away from this thing being final. And you know what? I don't begrudge any of it. I'm not upset. I don't feel like we've sacrificed. Haven't lost anything. My lands. The Lord's blessed us. He didn't have to. But we've sacrificed. Some of you have struggled. Exhausted the checking account. But I promise you that if you did it with the right attitude. You're not unhappy that you did that. You're happy that you did that. Why? Because here's what we learned. We learned this year how to trust the Lord more. We learned this year that we didn't need as much as what we thought we needed. But that the kingdom of God needed it more. And I wondered when I was thinking about this, how pleased would God be to see us give sacrificially like this all the time with the realization that we're all, that everything that we're buying on this earth is going to burn up, but what we're spending here for him is going to, Build a kingdom that will provide for us forever. I mean, how happy would he be to see us stop fighting over trash? Because that's what everything on this planet is, in his eyes. The only thing on this planet that isn't trash is the people. Everything else he's going to burn up. And then we would be laying up those treasures in heaven. I know you all know this old joke. But it illustrates a point. Three clergymen went in together. And they purchased a lottery ticket and they won. 
a million dollars. And so they were trying to discuss what they were going to do with it and how much they should give God. So the Baptist preacher said, he said, let's draw a circle. Remember it? And he said, we'll throw all the money up in the air and whatever lands in the circle we'll give to God and whatever lands outside the circle we'll keep for ourselves. The Catholic priest said, good idea, but he says, it's a little bit windy today. And I'd like to see God get a little bit more of the money. So he said, why don't we throw everything in the air and what lands outside the circle we give to God and what falls in we'll keep. And the Pentecostal preacher said, I got a better idea. God is God and he's sovereign. He said, I, throw, we, I say we throw all the money in the air. Whatever he wants, he keeps. And whatever falls back to the earth, we split up. I'm thankful that God has given us an attitude of sacrifice. And I don't want to just say, I, I don't want to just dwell on, on, on what we've been doing this last year as far as this campaign. But guys, God sees the sacrifice. Some of y'all, the ministry that you're doing away from here is amazing. The way that you're reaching out using your own homes. Taking in people that are homeless or hungry. Reaching out to neighbors down the street. Hosting these small connect groups in your homes and bringing neighbors in from other places. So that they could have connections and build relationships. And spending your own money on things to help other people. That's what I'm talking about. Not just about the fact that you are a part of this campaign here. But when you help somebody. Jesus said when you give somebody a cup of cold water in my name. It's as if you were giving it to me. When you do something for somebody else. And you don't expect anything back. And you don't charge them interest. And you don't complain about what they do. But you give to somebody and then you take your hands off of it. Jesus said, that's like you were doing it for me. That's the kind of sacrifice that is laying up treasure in heaven. That's the thing that catches his attention. Not when you give somebody some money and you say, yeah, you just pay me back when you get a chance and, and own, give me 10% interest on top of it too. And God's like, you got your reward. Your reward down here is going to be the stress of trying to collect that. Let me tell you all something. Let me give you some good advice about business and church. Don't go into business together with people at church. It doesn't work out. Don't do it. And if you can't afford to give somebody something, don't loan them anything. It never turns out right. I see it all the time. People loan somebody some money in church. That person can't pay it back or they don't. And that other individual is all riled up. If you can't, if you can't, and I've done this, I'm, I'm speaking from experience of telling you that when you give something to somebody, this is how I do it. I go to people and if I, I it may be significant, I give them significant money. There's no strings attached. They say, I'm going to pay you back. I don't care. You don't have to pay me back. 
The Lord blessed me. I felt like doing that. I want to do this. And I'm doing it. That way I'm released from that. I know guys that, 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 that worry about when they go out to lunch together. Well, I bought last time. It's your turn. I don't, I'm telling you, I don't even think about that kind of stuff. If you get to the check before me, great, man, I'm blessed. But if not, I'm, I'm glad to take it. It doesn't bother me. I'm not keeping track of who owes me what. That's not a fun way to live. It's a much more fun way to live by just being generous with whatever I have and allowing the Lord to give me more. Because when I'm generous, I don't have to worry about where the next of it's going to come from. He keeps supplying the reservoir because he likes the fact that I give it away. You gave out a sacrifice. And I'll finish with one last story. I looked up at the screen. It scared me for a minute. There is a screen up there that you all can't see, and it has the time on it. And right now it says it's 109. But then I went and looked at it again, and it said AM. So I was like, okay, it's wrong. Thought, man, I really did it today. 109? You should have said something. So there's a church meeting, and a very wealthy man stood to his feet, and he wanted to give a testimony about how the Lord had blessed his faith. And blessed his finances. And he said, he told the people, he said, I'm a millionaire. And he said, I, I attribute all the rich blessings of my life to God. And he said, I remember the turning point for me on all this. He said, I'm a giver. But he said, I remember the turning point for me. He said, it happened at a specific night in a service where there was a missionary at the church and he was speaking. And he said, I had just earned literally my first dollar. And he said, I had one dollar in my pocket. And I went to that service and the missionary spoke about the needs that he had. And he said, it, it occurred to me that I had a decision to make. I really wanted to give to this, but it was going to cost me everything I had. I have one dollar. I'm either going to give it or I'm not. So he said, I thought about it. I believed in the cause and I gave that dollar. And he said, I believe at that moment that God blessed that decision. And that's why I'm a rich man today. And with that, he sat down and everybody oohed and awed. I'm like, wow, what a testimony. There was a little old lady sitting about two seats away from him, though. And she looked over at him and she smiled. And she said, great story. I dare you to do it again. It makes a good point, doesn't it? <laughs> it's hard to give one dollar. It's a lot harder to give a million. <laughs> or if you look at it this way, it's still the same. If a dollar's all you've got, that's a mighty lot to give. I appreciate you for being willing to sacrifice because sometimes that's what you've done. You might have given that last dollar. But I thank you for getting on board. I thank you because you have chosen to give out a choice and commitment and sacrifice and you obeyed the Lord. You desired to grow in your faith. All those things have happened. You've been determined and that's the reason why you are today. And I'm encouraging you because we're, we're one month away 
keep digging, keep praying, keep working, keep giving, all those kinds of things. But we're going to do this. We're going to finish this chapter. And when we're finished, guys, I'm, I, 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 I really believe. Now, I got to wait. I got to wait on this. But I really believe I'm going to get the opportunity on the wrapping up of this campaign to say to you that we completely paid for the awning, the youth, and I believe there's going to be some left over. I really believe that. And we need it, too. I mean, if you've been back to Children's Church, you know we, need, we really need to help Angie back there. So I just believe that when we finish this up a month from now, that we're going to finish making that last payment. We only have one payment left on the, on the awning still. We're going to finish making that last payment, and we're going to have money left over that we're going to be able to do some other things that need to be done too. Uh, but I just want you to know that I appreciate you, and I want to celebrate that with you. Those of you that have actively been a part of this and intentionally been a part of this and take joy in this whole process, this message today doesn't upset you at all. You're walking away from here encouraged and excited. Man. This is awesome. This is fun. Anybody that would walk away today upset and angry, we're fixing to have an altar call. Because if, if you struggle in the area of control with finances and other things, you're not going to ever be blessed. You're never going to enjoy this aspect of your life until you get to the place that you can just fall into the net of grace, not just with your soul, but with your money. Then you're going to be miserable. You're going to make financial decisions. You're always going to you're always going to be stressed. It's always going to be a drag. You're going to, always going to hate offering time. You're always going to be trying to find something to read when I'm talking about the offering. Clipping your fingernails, whatever. And it's, it's just not any fun to live that way, guys. I, I want to lead by example and tell you this is a, it's a fun way to live when you literally give your life away. And then you lay that back up in heaven and you pick it back up someday. I cannot, I cannot sacrifice enough for what God is going to re-give me one of these days. I want us to pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, it's, this has been a little different today than what we're accustomed to, Lord. It has, but it's been good. I'm thankful that you shared this with me and gave me the opportunity to share it with our congregation. Lord, we who are doing this do so out of such a cheerful attitude and a, and a, and a grateful heart. And when we do this every month, we don't do it grudgingly, but it's just an, it's an amazing and a fun thing to be a part of. To see the way then that you bless. It's just a lesson this time in finance, but next time it'll be something else. It's going to be souls. It's going to be planted churches. God, this one thing at a time, you're teaching us and we're growing in our faith and in your grace. God, we truly want to be a lighthouse. We, we want your facilities to be excellent because it's your house. And your house ought to be nicer than any of ours. It's your house. And we also want it to happen, Lord, so that it won't. It'll be a place that people feel comfortable in. That they 
they won't be distracted by, but that they'll walk in and feel comfortable because God, people everywhere, people everywhere have iPhones and new cars and new clothes, houses. They go to new stores and new shops and new restaurants. God, your house should not be an old, dilapidated, beat down, broken up junk pile. Your house ought to be nice. It ought to be a place that people are able to come and feel comfortable. So they can hear what's really important. And Lord, that's been our heart this last year. That's what we have strove for, we've sacrificed for, we've been intentional about. And you have blessed that. And you've stretched out the tent stakes even further. And we're very grateful. But now I pray, Lord, we have an, in, uh, uh, an intention here. We are diligent and committed to finishing strong. And I pray, oh God, one last effort. Give us that last, that last second win, Lord, so we can finish strong. Bust that tape with joy and happiness. It's not the end. It's just the end of one chapter. Then we're going to start a new one. We've got a lot of new things coming up, and we're excited about them. God, we want to be very diligent about what we have committed to. We want markers there so we can take a time to celebrate. This is not an opportunity to manipulate anybody, but God, a chance for us to reflect and look back and truly, truly be encouraged and celebrate what you're doing and have done in our lives. So I thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I pray that it will find its seed and its root in our heart. And those of us who may be struggling with this area, would you just continue plow, plow up that ground, Lord, continue to plant the seed and bring joy to us in the areas of giving and generosity. And God, those who have learned that lesson and are doing it, would you just continue to bless them, not just financially, but in every area of their life so that they can continue to be a hilarious giver and make a difference in their life, in the lives of people around them. I pray, God, that this would be a great lesson for our, our, our teenagers and our college students. They're watching. They're watching their parents and grandparents and watching the elders of their church as they sacrifice. And many of them have been a part of this as well, God. Many of our youth and children and our, our college students, God, have been a part of this. And I pray, Lord, that this may be the first time for them that they've stretched in this way. And I pray, Lord, that, that you will show yourself true to your word and I know you will but I pray that they will that they will see the blessings and be able to recognize what you're doing in their lives I know this may sound a little bit different to you but I don't want to leave here without giving people a chance to make things right between them and the Lord we prayed for our needs earlier we've talked about this word today and communicated it I pray effectively we have something to think about seed that's been sown but there's still people in this room today who came here perhaps without having their heart right with the Lord. And that's what this whole day is about. I tell you something, if you, get, if you give your heart to Jesus today, you'd be having bragging rights on saying, I got saved on the weirdest day of ever. I gave my heart to Jesus on a day that they talked about all kinds of crazy stuff. But Jesus still convicted my heart and the words still got to me. And Jesus still told me he loved me and that he wanted me for his own. And I gave my heart to Jesus that day. 
So I'm asking you, if there's anyone in this room that would say, Pastor, I, I, I need to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of my life. Would you lift your hand? Keep it up. I'm just, it's a little dark in here, but I'm going to scan across here. I just want to look. It would take me a minute to see it, but lift your hand and hold it up. And when I see it, I'll tell you. Keep them up. Amen. I see you. See you. Amen. Anyone else? Now, any of you, if you lifted your hand, or even if you didn't, I don't want to rob you of a blessing. You can do with what I'm about to say whatever you want. You can come to know Christ lots of ways. You can wait. You could go somewhere and pray a prayer this afternoon. Or you could just simply pray a prayer right there where you're at. But it's a great blessing to be able to stand up and publicly profess your decision. There's something special about getting the walk. It's a scary, scary thing. But taking a walk to the altar to show the world that you're claiming that you're going to serve Christ and to have an opportunity to kneel down and to receive him into your heart. I wouldn't rob anybody of that. I know some people are deathly afraid to do that and they and they just can't. You can be saved without it. Don't get me wrong. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess Christ, repent of your sins. You'll be saved. But I would love to give somebody that opportunity, whomever you are, you didn't have to have raised your hand, but anybody in this room would say, I would like today to be a day where that I publicly profess my faith in Christ, where I'm going to come down and kneel and ask him to forgive me for my sins. This is your birthday. I don't know about you, but on my birthday, I like for folks to take note. Give me a cake and sing and let me blow out a candle. Amen. It's your birthday. And here's the opportunity that you have for all of us to know that you made this decision. And I promise you won't be by yourself. If you come forward, I'm not going to bring people until you do. But when I see you moving, I'm going to have people come kneel with you, pray with you, counsel you. If there's anybody in the room who would say, I want to do that, then I'm giving you the chance right now. We're all, everybody in this room is praying. Nobody's looking around. We're praying for you. But if you want to come to the front today, I would, I would encourage that. I, I just think you're going you're gonna to be so glad that you did. I want you to come. Come on. Anybody that wants to, come on. Who else? Who else is coming? Come on. Come on. The Holy Spirit's moving. He's working in here. Come on. Who else? You want to come? Come on down. Anybody that wants to, come on down. Come on down. Today's your birthday. All of heaven is celebrating. All of heaven is rejoicing. You guys that are down here praying right now, all you have to do is you say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me for my past. I want to live for you. From this day forward, I belong to you. You're my God, and I want to serve you. I want to ask you if... if Kevin, if you would, Dina, some of you prayer, some of you prayer team, if you're on our prayer team, would you come? Just kneel with these folks, pray with them. Altars open. Who else wants to come? Who else wants to come down? Does anybody else want to come? 
All right, then listen to me, church. I'm gonna, I want to just open up the church. It's a, this, is a, this is a house of prayer now. And we, we don't want to be in a hurry. God is doing an amazing thing right now. You remember the day you did this. God's doing an amazing thing. So fill this place with prayer. Come, come to the altars. Come and gather around wherever you can or walk or sit or stand, wherever. But I want you to come and I want you to pray. I want it just to turn this into a, a time of prayer. Pastor Neil is going to play for us. But we're going to spend some time in prayer. Not going to hurry this. So God bless you.